You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what is on your mind? Sweet home Philadelphia. It's good to be back in Philly. Yeah. Uh, uh, last time I was on location, I just visiting some uh, Connecticut family, but uh, yeah, I had all my car issues and stuff like that. So uh, happy those are resolved. Happy yeah. to be home. Uh, I went to, uh, I said I'm happy my home, but like last time I went to Baltimore for the, uh, major wrestling figures podcast uh, live event at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. So uh, shout out to, you know, Brian and Matt. That was pretty cool. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for their, uh, their, their version of the pod squad. They're, uh, they're fans for uh, welcoming me, welcoming, welcoming me into their universe. Uh, it's really cool to see the little uh, world, that, not little world. That sounds demeaning. But like the 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 universe they've created for themselves, we right. with fans, collectors, and stuff like that. It was it was just a really good evening. It was good to finally get down to the Jimmy's famous seafood. I've always wanted to go, and everybody's like, "What? You've never been there?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm the unicorn. That's uh, <laughs> never been to uh, Jimmy's. The pro wrestler that's never been to Jimmy's famous." But yeah, right. it was an amazing night, amazing time with uh, fans. I saw uh, OG Josh. Yeah. Uh, original Josh. Uh, <laughs> Real dad. And the photo that's tearing yeah. up the internet right now, you can check it out on our social media pages at Mind of the Meanie. Check it out. Josh and yeah. Meanie back together again in the flesh. I don't know. I was actually talking to Josh the other day. He's been like, I don't know if it's like 72 hours or four days. He's just been like nonstop going from Nashville to Baltimore, now back to Philadelphia. It's just like, dude, like I don't know when he sleeps. So, dude. Yeah, uh, and he's he's the testimony to why I don't want to fly ever again. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, flights are just being canceled, you, or they'll fly someplace, and then your connection's fucked. And this, like, dude, yeah, I don't know. The thing, is, funny thing is, I just booked a trip. We're going to uh, London uh, in September for the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. Yeah, dude, let's and, talk about it, man. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, I'll, we shouldn't have problems. It's uh, I don't want to give away the airline, but uh, it's not a typical American airline. <laughs> so hopefully, we don't have those problems. But uh, yeah, dude, um, the uh, Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute concert was uh, when I heard it was. You know, look, I'm a big, huge, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. Uh, you know, in my ha- in our household. Uh, me and Mrs. Meany. Uh, Van Halen's number one. And then, uh, you know, the Foos are a, a solid two. And then everybody else is fighting for, you know, third place. Yeah. Uh, you know, every time the Foos come around, we go. Anytime there's a new album, we buy. Uh, and, um, dude, when Taylor, I mean, we were, the world was stunned by his death. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, because they're going to be in Philly. They're supposed to be in Philly like, july yeah it's like god damn man you know that's, that sucks it doesn't suck that i wasn't going to see the food it sucks that he died and you know everything that happened but he was such a lovable relatable guy 
you know, who just happened to be in a rock band, but he seemed like he reminded me of everybody I, you know, grew up with. You know, that was a rock and roll fan, heavy metal fan. So, um, they announced the, um, Taylor Harkin tribute concerts. They're going to have two, one in London, one in LA. I was like, dude, I got to go to London again. Yeah. Uh, last time we went to London, uh, me and Mrs. Meany, we went to see a Philadelphia Eagles game at Wembley against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. What's up, Tony? And, um, you know, we, we, we made the trip, and we, like, two days before the trip, we got fucking sick as dogs. We are like, oh, my God, this sucks. So we went there. But we, we made the best of it, and, you know, we've been longing to uh, go back and uh, – you know, I'm, I'm frugal, you know, like whatever I make, I try to put away. I hide, fr- you know, I'll, I'll have some, uh, hide money, you know, I'll hide yeah. some money from me. Don't count it. Just put it away, you know, hide, 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 hide. So when we heard this was happening, I was like, let's check out the IRS uh, squirrel fund. Let's see where we're at. And, uh, we went and bought the, uh, airfare yeah. with, uh, hopes of getting tickets. And uh, it's like, well, look, if we go to London and we, we get tickets, we're going to have a great time. But yeah. if we get to London and we don't get tickets, hey, we're still in London, right? I was just going to say, dude, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's L.A., but, you know, and they're about the you know, same amount. You know, it's six hours to L.A., six hours to London. It's like, you know what? Hey, uh, I want to go to London because I haven't been there in a while. And. I just want to go and just bullshit. London's way easier to get around with, around with the uh, the tube system. You know, you could travel all over. And, uh, you know, when you're going home, you're going with the time change. You're not going against it. Like if, yeah, you know, leave you leave LA at like 6 a.m., you won't get home till like 6 p.m. or something like that. <laughs> right. You lose six hours of the day. You're like, what the fuck happened? Granted, if, you know, your flights are good. But but coming from London, if you leave at like 10 a.m., you get home at 11 a.m. Right. So it's it's kind of cool. So um, it was just an easy choice to uh, say, let's go to London. Uh, getting the tickets was a, a whole nother ordeal. Uh, yeah, there's like a pre-sale, which uh, a few people were kind enough to, you know, give me the uh, password. And we, you know, we stayed up till 4 a.m., which is 9 a.m. Uh, London time. And we, you know, tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. So we're like, fuck. You know, maybe, you know, it's a pre-sale. Maybe it only did a certain number for the pre-sale. So we're, we're like, okay, we'll do this again tomorrow. So we stayed up again until 4 a.m. and fucking uh, tried and tried and tried and tried. You know, you, you get into the queue. And it's like, there are 60,000 people ahead of you. You're like, fuck. All right, I'm going to sit here, wait it out. Now, I was on my laptop. Mrs. Me was on her cell phone. We're, we're trying to hit from both ends. There was a couple times we got in to pick seats. And, uh, you know, you get to the fucking credit card payment information. It's like, it's not accepting your <sighs> card. I'm like, what the fuck? fuck. My, my card's good. Right, right, right. Well, long story short, when you go to fill out the information, there's like certain things you had to check off, like agreements, click, click, click. But when you go and type in, you know, name and all that stuff for address, like it would autofill. So oh. where it appeared, where apartment was, it would say apartment. It would auto. Oh, so right, right, would, right, right. I was throwing the, uh, I was throwing the uh, data off. So I let Miss Media take over to see. I put a letter, sit in the Captain Kirk chair, and work it. And then it's like you're in. We're like fuck yes when we celebrated. Oh, that's awesome. And then uh, I promptly, you know, went to bed. <laughs> and that's when, uh, you know, we drove to Connecticut and had our issues with that. But yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. This looks like a hell of a lineup, though, for London. I'm just I pulled it up here right now. Some of the names just off the top. Stuart Copeland, Liam Gallagher. Yes. Uh, who else? John Paul Jones, Getty Lee, Brian May. Chris Novoselic, Mark Ronson. Rufus Taylor, Wolfgang Van Halen, Chevy yes. Metal, and then appearances by Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Crazy. Well, they're, already, they're already over there for their tour, but yeah, 
Uh, dude, I'm fantasy booking all the potential lineups. I mean, you got uh, Led Zeppelin there. You got uh, John Paul Jones, which he was, you know, Josh Homme from um, Queens of Stone Age will be there. Yeah. Uh, John Paul Jones and Josh and Dave were in a band called Them Crooked Vultures. Yes. So there's that lineup. Chris Novoselic is there. So you got, you know, you pretty much got three. Three Nirvana. Uh, three firsts of Nirvana, which they've, they've done many shows with uh, guest singers. Like one time they had Joan Jett sing and stuff like that. So, and then there's Queen. Right. Uh, you know, Brian May and uh, Roger Taylor from Queen are going to be there. You know what That's I'm, gonna be- I'm thinking? What if Paul shows up? Paul mm-hmm. McCartney. What if Paul McCartney shows up? Because him and it's- Dave and Chris did that song together. Still early, man. Yeah. So no, that's the thing, you know, you, you, you leak a little bit of the lineup and then uh, the rest comes out and stuff like that. And then people curse themselves for not going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But th- th- that would be amazing. Uh, who else is there? Um, Let me see here. It looks like uh, Mandy Bushel, Chris Cheney, Omar Hakim. Yeah. Chrissy Hindy. Am I saying that right? Chrissy Hind from uh, The Pretenders. That's it. Elaine Johannes, Greg Kirsten, Alex Lifeson, Niall so, Rogers. Yeah, they got two two members of Rush. Yep. Gonna be there. Supergrass, yeah. Roger Taylor. Oh, yeah, Queens drummer Roger Taylor will be there, too. Yep, yep. And then we have Rufus Taylor. Yeah, this is the fucking lineup as hell, man. If you can get, I mean, the, the ticket scalpers are going to be crazy right now, though, for, for a show like this. Well, thank God I got my tickets direct from right. them. And uh, I feel my ass feels feels like I sat on a fucking road cone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It's like I said, I, 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 I'm frugal. I saved up money for, you know, let's save up money for, you know, some fun money. Yeah. We've been saving four years because we haven't had a non-wrestling trip. Maybe even, well, two, we like went pre, to London. Pre-pandemic? Yeah. Our last, like, non-wrestling trip. Or we would do we do wrestling trips, but then we were seeing like the Eagles. We were picking a, an Eagles road game a year where we go see a city, but like just a fucking trip. It's like maybe 2018. So this will be fun, man. It'll yeah. just be a good uh, mind eraser, you know, get to London, see the sights, go to see an awesome concert, see the sights. And then uh, come home, you know? Yeah, I uh, I know it, you'd mentioned Philadelphia show. Um, I had, like I said, I was planning on being at the link, taking photos of the band this year. Uh, what was I think it was supposed, supposed to be this month coming up, right? It was supposed to be July or August. Yeah. And I was really excited. I was like kind of marking my summer for it. And then, you know, unfortunately, Taylor passed and it just sucks, man. It sucks because they were just so good. And I was really just so excited to see them again. But I'm still going to try to get out there to L.A. if I can. Um, try to take photos of that if I if I if I can, but we'll see. The, th- the thing I love about the Foos, I mean, they just they they would bang out an album every year, every year and a half. Have a have a tour every year, every year and a half, and it was just it became like a, a yearly tradition. Yeah, uh, let's go see the Foos. You know, we we used to have a, a yearly tradition of going to see Slayer too, but I think they're uh, retired. You know, yeah. from, uh, but, um, yeah, the foods were a, a constant, you know, okay, get an album, go see them live. And yeah, I was looking forward to the, the Philly show. So, yeah. um, and here's a, here's a, here's a cool thing. Uh, the, the concerts at Wembley and it's the second ever tribute concert in Wembley. The, fr- the last one was of course, Freddie Mercury from queen. Right. And people are like, how come they're going to Wembley? Well, uh, people, uh, Taylor Hawkins was a huge fan of the band Queen. Mm-hmm. Loves Queen. That was probably, I, I want to, I'll assume to say that that was his number one band. Yeah. And uh, what better way to pay tribute to the guy than have a tribute concert for him where they had a tribute concert for Freddie Mercury. Right. And then you're going to have the members of Queen there. Um like I said, Queen, Rush, uh, Nirvana. There, there's so many possibilities. 
Uh, Nandy Bushnell, uh, the teenage drum cessation is going to be there. Uh, there's a really cool video of where uh, her and Dave were have like a, having like drum offs on online. She would channel challenge. I mean, a little girl, 14 years old, playing and challenging Dave Grohl to a drum off. <laughs> Dave would play something. She would play something, and then he wrote a song for her. And then uh, when they played the LA Forum, they brought up her, her up on stage, and she played the last song with the Foos at, in the, at the LA Forum. Wow! And she got the curtain co- curtain call bow. And, uh, you know, broke kayfabe. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the the, the uh, curtain call, you know, where the band gets up front and that takes the bow and stuff. It's a pretty cool tradition yeah. uh, in music. I don't know if many people do it anymore, but I, I dig it. You know, uh, she got to do that and she's going to be there, which would be pretty cool. They, they, haven't, they haven't officially announced the Foo Fighters. Right. But you got to assume the foos are going to, you know, they're going to kind of do like the Freddie Mercury show where the queen was on stage and a bunch of different people got up and sang with them, you know, so I'm excited. Well, yeah, Um, I would imagine that they would probably play something and have somebody sit in on the drums with them. Like, I can't imagine that, that, you know, maybe it would be Roger Taylor. That would be the only thing that I would, I would imagine that that could, that would work out best, I would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Roger and Roger Taylor and Brian May will get up and play with them. But, uh, everybody, you know, I'm a fan, Van Halen fanatic and Wolfgang's going to be there. My friend's like, what? I have friends who are like, what, what's he going to do, play bass? I was like, no, actually, Wolfgang's an accomplished drummer. Yeah. Uh, if you go on YouTube, look up uh, Wolfgang Van Halen getting on stage with Alter Bridge and uh, playing with them. He played a song with them out in L.A., and dude, he is a fucking monster. And, and like that Wolfgang Van, uh, the um, the Mammoth WVH album. Uh, Wolfie plays every instrument on that album. Wow, and sings. So I'm. I have a. I have a good. F- Here's my prediction. Mark it down. Uh, July twenty. No, this is June twenty fifth at uh, ten twenty eight a.m. In the year of Lord. our Lord, yes, twenty twenty two. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Wolfgang Van Halen will get on the stage with the Foo Fighters and play my hero. We're going to give that too many farts on that one. Cause I agree. That would be fucking nuts, dude. Now I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not going to London because I think it sounds like it's going to be an amazing show. Dude. The seats are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, uh, I almost want to say the airfare for airfare was cheaper. Really? Well, see, I got a shit ton of miles though on my credit card, so I might, you know, I might try that. Well, the thing is, um, I have to get my fucking passport though. Yeah, <laughs> probably won't. Have- no, you know what, dude? I just I've never had it. Like my parents never took us anywhere. So like as I got older, I was just like I never never needed it. You know. Hey, it's good to have just as a second form of ID for anything. Well, now that you need a real ID to get through the the, the airports, I said to Courtney, we were talking about it, my wife, and and it's like we gotta just we gotta just do it, you know. So maybe I will get that, it, but that whole thing's a fucking money grab. Oh, real God, yeah, of course it is. It, they just want hey, they just want more out. And it's fucking real, yeah. all right, dude. I had to get two fucking IDs, man. Look at this shit. So I took my real estate exam for my my shoot job, right? And they're like, "Oh, you need two forms of photo ID." And I'm like, "Well, what's wrong with this one, and not this one?" Like, so I had to get two of them, and I had to sit, and now I have these two fucking IDs, and I like, what do I need both of these for? Why do I need them both? It's literally just fatter me, or here's fat me and fatter me. You know, like why why do I need this? It's crazy. Is that your is that your rap name, Fatter it, Me? Fatter Me, that's right. Yep, that's my rap name. Gentlemen, coming to the stage, Fatter Me. <laughs> that's a solid rap name. It's a good gimmick name. I'll, I'll be your DJ, Fattest Me. <laughs> DJ Blue Meanie. With all, only thing he cuts on the table is farts. Uh, speaking yeah. of farts, we're going to give a quick fart shout out here to the Pod Squad. Thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah, we, we got we got you. a good room. Hello, Vanessa Bello. How you doing? We got a who's who of Pod Squad here. Don't forget to join us. Patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Join us and watch us record this in the morning or whenever we are ready to record together when my computers aren't fucking falling apart. So also, also shout out to uh Lil Jimmy from Nebraska. This there he is. 
And uh, Jack Gray, what's up, Jack? What's up, Jack? Long time no see. Thank you. Hello, hey, Jimmy from Nebraska. You're on the air. Traffic and weather on the twos. (laughs) (laughs) We need Sam for a breaking news report here. So I'm glad we gotta go on KYW's website and download the news ticker. Oh, do they have it there? Yeah, because they've done away with it on KYW. No shit. But they have the MP3 of the new, their traditional news ticker uh, sound effect that you can download and keep. Oh, no way. I'm going to have to look it up and see if I can find it because I need to. Let me see. Uh, well, while you're doing that, uh, hello, Jimmy. He says, hope you're all having a wonderful, wonderful day. Wonderful so far. Uh, I saw Real Daddy Josh last night and uh, we had a wonderful conversation about you and uh, you know and he misses the pod Real- squad and all that good stuff it was a good time last night at Jimmy's Famous so is this it here is this the ticker stop yeah. no way why are you going to debut it I'm going to try to find oh no this is a news report so I'll have to find it we'll debut it for next week and that way we can run it I, I'm sure I have it on one of my hard drives because yeah. I'm so I'm so unapologetically Philadelphia <laughs> If they gave me part of the Liberty Bell, I'd be like, yeah, cause. All right. <laughs> yeah, cause. I'm going to put it, but yeah, all right. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, yeah, Pod Squad, everything is good over here. Um, everything is, is going well. It's just hotter than fucking hell. And uh, what's on my tongue that's annoying me? Isn't that the yeah. worst, dude? Right. It's, you know, the, the, the saying, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but it's really on the fucking tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Hate that man. I got one of my teeth that's fucking annoying me. I was your fucking. I was gonna say loose, the, I think threw my jawline off. I, I before I, I didn't get pulled for like six months, and then mm. I got pulled out. Fuck the teeth on my other side of my mouth are fucking unaligned. God, <laughs> I just want to chew like a damn goddamn normal human being. I just want teeth like normal people. Are you have you had any issues in the back there since you had that tooth pulled, or is it all all healed up? No, no, no. But I think. That tooth was like it was loose and poking out for so long. But I think this side of my jaw, my the right side of my head got, you know, thrown off. So like my let the left side of my teeth are fucking clanking. I'm like, God damn it. I have this one wonky tooth in the back here, this molar that's just like sideways, and then I have like buck teeth in the front here. I had braces pretty much through like my entire middle school year, which was fucking hilarious. I'm sure I looked like a total geek. And this little fucking, I grew up in the 90s, so this little fat kid with this fucking bowl cut and braces. Oh, man, it was terrible. Um, the mom cut? Yes, dude, literally the mom cut. It was fucking terrible, man. And trims around it. If you, if you Google right now Gerald Gardner from Heavyweights, that's literally what I look like. And um, my teeth just. I was going to say Lloyd Christmas, but go ahead. <laughs> Probably close to that with that hair, man. But yeah, I think my braces, they took them off when I was in my junior year and then uh, my teeth are all fucked up again, even though I wore the retainer, like I did everything I had, they told me to do and the retainers at night and everything else and it's fucking all jacked up again. Are you staring at my headgear? Why are you making fun of my headgear? You're staring at my braces. <laughs> it's terrible, man. Oh my God. Injuries galore too. I just got a news report that Jungle Boy is now injured as well. Good Lord, man. And now... And now it sounds like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to call him Daniel Bryan again because that's what, how we know him. But right. Brian, Brian Danielson may not be at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. He may not be cleared. And Rhea Ripley, friend of the show and Monster Factory alumnus. No, 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 no. Uh, her, part, her tag partner, uh, Damian Priest. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Let me rewind no. that. But hey. Let's rewind. We'll forget about it that I said that. But her tag we partner. Do- we could be friends. She could be a friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show, Rhea Ripley, has a, here. has a brain injury, that which sucks. is crazy. Yeah, and that's, that's you don't want to fuck with. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, you know, best wishes out to Rhea Ripley and Jungle Boy and Daniel Bryan. That Forbidden Door pay-per-view feels fucking cursed. Honestly, I, I, like felt, I felt the same way. It was like every time they put somebody on, it's like, oh, well, now this person's out. And oh, now I- Ishii is not going to be there either. John Moxley like took a shit on the name the other day. He's like, I'm, I'm over that term. I mean, what's, 
So it's a working relationship. What's forbidden? Right, you know? right. It's a fucking it's a it's a signed agreement out there. Yeah. No, yeah. it it does. It feels and you know what? Not just not just forbidden door, but like money in the bank feels kind of snake bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. I don't know what's going on out there right now. It's something in the water, something in the wrestling water y'all are drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, brain injuries you don't want to fuck with. And then Daniel Bryan was like a freak accident. You know, like his foot got hurt on the ramp that between the the ring and the ramp or something like that. Yeah. He got, he got okay. stuck in between there, which like total freak accident. Dude, I, I know somebody who was on a show that had a ramp like that and his foot went between the ring and the thing and just totally it skinned part of his leg. Oh, my God. To the fucking bone. It was fucking horrible. Yikes. The thing is, I'm a mark for those ramps because of WCW and New Japan would have those ramps. Yeah. I was like, eh. But then like you hear these freak accidents like that. It's like you almost when, you, when you're coming down the ring on a ramp like that, you kind of do like the baseball rule. You know, like in yeah. baseball, you'll see the pitcher jump over the first baseline or the third baseline, you know, like a super, like when you get to the end of the ramp, just a little hop over the, the, uh, the, uh, the, wherever that in between is to make sure you get on solid ground when you land on the ring apron. There's so many fucking freak acts. That's why I hate when they do those fucking, I absolutely fucking hate high spots on the, the fucking ring apron. Yeah. A, because the announcers always go, that's the hardest part of the ring. Okay, well, you just gave away that the, the rest of the ring is like a fucking, like a bouncy castle. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Which it's not. And, uh, dude, you know, I remember fucking, uh, you know, everybody knows Big Dick Dudley from ECW. He, uh, he was leaving the ring one day and he just kneeled down to go to the floor fucking blew his knee out on the fucking ring apron just kneeling down jesus and that you know that's why he had a fucking leg brace and crutches for like a year you know god man and just for kneeling down on it yeah you just simple kneel down you know to to get down to the floor and and his knee fucking pop wow yeah it's crazy yeah but uh i hate i that's the new trend that i wish would just go to fuck away you know stop doing shit on the ring apron you know yeah, even the there's, bumps. There's, there's, the rings they built a certain way for you to land. You know, there's a sweet spot right in the middle. Well, even the bumps on the, the outside of the ring, like Big E jumping through the ropes and stuff. I'm like, guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like, it's different. A mini salt is is a way safer and a way more controlled big man move, for lack of a better term, a big guy move, than jumping through the ropes. Like, you know, like doing a head dive through. I, I don't. That's, I always tried to land in the sweet spot, you know? Right. Just, it just feels so, and again, like the even, even Biggie's injury with Ridge Holland, it was like watching that back when they, they just, they constantly played it. But even watching that back was like, why did this happen? Why did this, right. why was this move approved to do? I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's too much. It's too much of the high spot, high flying. But then again, I've never worked in the industry, so I don't know. Well, how do you feel about that? Is that, is that how you feel when you watch that stuff? Or is it just more like, uh, just, just more. Yeah, I mean, going out of the ring for a match, it's supposed to be like something unique or special. You know, every match is supposed to happen in the ring, right? You know, from uh, you know opening bell to closing bell, keep the match in the ring. You know, going outside the ring should be safe for like brawls or stuff like that and, and you know i get it i'm ecw oh you guys went outside of the ring too but didn't taz yeah. and bam bam bigelow fall through the ring one time yeah 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 so it's just but you know certain matches would go outside of the ring certain matches would go over the thing but everybody else kept it in the ring so i just think you know if, if everybody just stayed in the ring say everybody stayed in the ring for like a year and then eventually they let one match do something to the outside. Then like the crowd would pop for it even more. You know, it's just like, you know, it, it, it going out of the ring all the time, doing dives in every fucking match just desensitizes you to how, how risky those things are when they just become commonplace. You know? Right. Right. You know, just uh, keep things, you know, certain things should feel special. Certain things should be like, you know, dives to the ring should be done in a moment of uh, desperation or anger, you know? Yeah. The first time I ever saw a dive, like, out of the ring was Jimmy Snooker diving on um, 
Don Morocco. He did run, ran and just cleared the top rope, dove on Morocco and just beat the shove and ripped all his fucking clothes off because Morocco had disrespected him and spit on him. So he's like, fuck this motherfucker. And it looked like a fucking, you know, uh, act of desperation. Like I'm going to fuck this guy up any means necessary, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, just keep it special, you know, keep it in the ring. You know, it's not every, not every match has to go outside, you know? Well, Vanessa just brought up a good point about Kofi Kingston as well. She was saying about how he used to jump through the ropes and then stop himself by catch, by catching the top rope across his shoulders mid jump. And then it made her cringe. And I'm like, honestly, yeah, like it just like, there's really like what, like any small deviation from that, you're going to just, you're going to destroy your shoulders. You could blow yourself out. A uh, perfect example. And, uh, ECW. Uh, fucking JT, which led to a thing. JT Smith was wrestling the uh, Hack Myers, and he went to do like the Mike Awesome jump over the top rope onto Hack. He so he's, he's halfway over the top of the rope, and his knee pad catches the top rope. Oh no! And he goes right to the floor, and within a millisecond, he comes up and he has a huge fucking cantaloupe on his head, oh, size lump, and you know. Anything could happen. Like I see guys going through the ropes all the time. And I'm like, I look at their feet, like how close they are to the ropes. I'm like, they're like milli fucking inches from fucking getting their foot caught in this wily coyote and down to the fucking floor. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, there's no need for it, man. It, it, you, you only have a certain window of time to, you know, you know, get over and make some money in this business. You can't do it if you're, you know, laid up injured, you know, just work smart, man. That's, right. That's all I'm saying. And I, that's coming from a 49 year old man who fucking wakes up every morning and just like, uh, you know, it's folks, please just work fucking smarter. Right. Yeah. And one thing, it just before we move on to the next topic, like I, I am glad that the, the Kofi Kingston Royal rumble spot is now over because he botched it this year. When it was it this year, earlier this year when he botched it, I want to say so. Yeah, I am. Man, the first time I saw that, it was hilarious, and it was so good, and it was dope, and then it was just like, all right, are we still, we're going to do this every year, is this going to be a thing, and then he, he blew it this year, and I was like, okay, we're done with that, now we don't ever have to see this again, but I just, yeah. it felt like, you know, again, you do it one time, super special, everything is cool, and then you do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and it just loses that luster, and speaking of doing it again, and again, and again, and again, we're not talking about Manscaped, because they're not sponsoring us this week, Brock Lesnar, back. Yes. At the WWE again in another match with Roman Reigns. Blue Meanie, how are you feeling about Brock Lesnar being back in the title picture with Roman Reigns? Shout out to Andrew uh, Bailey, who's hungover. We love you, buddy. (laughs) I'll be hungover tomorrow. Um, (laughs) uh, Was it for SummerSlam, right? SummerSlam. Last man standing. That's fine. Yeah. Fine. I mean, forget that as a title issue, they, they have an issue. Yeah, you know, just you know, it's not like he uh, went away for a couple of years and came back. And no, 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 he's he's got an issue with Roman, and uh, SummerSlam's the perfect venue because it's a SummerSlam in a stadium, and Brock Lesnar is an attraction, right? Much like back in the day, you know, WWE kept Andre as an attraction, and uh, it's good. I like the way they they book Brock. They you know take him off TV for a little bit. Bring him back, take him off team. See if you saw him every week, you would just get tired of him. You know, that's kind of why I wish they would have sort of like a, a mini. You can't really have an off season in wrestling. I was having this debate in my head the other day while I was driving. I was like, it would be good, you know, if guys could like they can rotate guys out, like right, you know, uh, get a crew of guys and be like, okay, guys, you're off, you're off with pay for four months. Yeah, I mean they're making enough money where you know with all these extracurricular things they can give guys a couple months off, go home, rest, relax, like an off season of football. We'll bring you back in say September. So they have a couple guys fill that spot. Now when these guys come back in September, rotate another four guys out to you know go home, rest, recharge your batteries, you know, and do it that way, you know. But, you know, with Brock, he goes away for a little bit. He comes back for a little bit. That way there's no burnout and people and fans don't get tired of seeing him. Right. So 
the fact that he's coming back for one of the bigger, one of the original four pay-per-views makes sense. Uh, you're selling tickets for a stadium show, in, uh, which looks to be awesome. Hopefully, you know, now that they're going to start doing stadium shows for SummerSlam, hopefully Philly gets in the mix for one of those, you know, like uh, because hey, we, we, we've been wanting a fucking WrestleMania in Philly oh, man. again. Yeah, well, you but, know you damn know, well you and I are going to that. You know damn well we're yeah. going to WrestleMania in Philly. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, hopefully, uh, hopefully I get booked, Terry. Hey, you know what? Uh, but maybe, maybe that will be the year that they finally, they finally grace us all. Let's do the let's do the musical fart part for this. The musical fart. This will be Blue Meanie's entrance music when he walks out on stage to the WWE Hall of Fame, which is well deserved and long uh, overdue. Thank you very much. But maybe that'll be the year. I don't know. Who knows? They need to start doing ECW specific. I know, like, I know, I know the Dullies were ECW and Robbie, but they were also WWE, but like, right. ECW, no, I was WWE too. What am I talking about? But, uh, you know, start doing ECW classes of people to go in. Uh, yeah. You know, man definitely deserves to go in. Taz deserves to go in. Oh, he was WWE too. So what am I fucking, what the fuck am I talking about? I would say like Sabu. Um, yeah. Sabu definitely needs to go in. I would he, say he, he's I, first bat. I was going to say, I feel like if they did something in, in Philadelphia, I feel like that would be the year where they would do like the ECW originals. You know what I mean? Like you're talking Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, Sabu, and probably Taz, right? But I know, I don't know if, I don't think Taz has any, any beef with any of those guys just because he's working at AEW, but, um, oh. you know, that's kayfabe, he, brother. It's kayfabe heat, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, you know. Any shots at WWE, I'm sure, are in jest. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, Taz has said, you know, he owes a lot to WWE. I mean, you know, everything you think you know the wrestling business, and then you go to WWE and you learn a whole nother world of the wrestling business that prepares you for real life shit. You know, right? To where I could go on any show, mainstream or whatever, and just be prepared and polished to have a conversation on t- you know, TV. You know, WWE pre- prepares you for the world. Pro wrestling prepared me for life, you know, for life, no pun intended. But, um, yeah, growing up, uh, you know, being a shy kid and stuff like that, you know, I would have to get up in front of the classroom for a demonstration and an English class and give a speech and my hands would be fucking shaking. But uh, again, the world of professional wrestling prepared, you know, took away any shyness I, I would have had or whatever. And it allowed me to find myself, find my voice, find my comfort zone about being in front of a large group of people. So, you know, and I could, you know, that goes back to what I was trying to say, you know, I'm sure, you know, Taz would have no qualms going back and you know, going in, in WWE Hall of Fame or working for WWE again, period. You know, but uh, who knows? You know, I, hope, I would love to see WrestleMania back here. But, you know, like I was saying, now that they're starting to do stadium shows for SummerSlam, Philly would be a perfect summertime show town, you know. And, uh, you know, I want it here, A, because it's Philly. And, uh, you know, anytime WWE does one of these shows in the town, it brings so much, uh, you know, economic uh success to the city that they go to it's just a fact that, you know they help the economy of the city so uh yeah I, I i would love it for multiple reasons so like you know let's hopefully hopefully we can get you know SummerSlam in philly yeah yeah that would be dope man i uh, i know extreme i think it's extreme rules is coming back to philly in is it August, october i think it's october i, don't I can't remember now i know i saw the uh, the alert on the local television programming that they would be back, but uh, James is like, is Cody going to be there? I was like, no, he's going to be, he's out. He's like, what about Roman? Uh, probably not. Nope. Well, what about, what about judgment day? Well, everybody, but real be there. It's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> Everybody's out, man. No, I, um, I don't, I know I've seen a lot of chatter on the IWC as usual about, you know, Brock being back and, and things like that. And I, I don't necessarily have an issue with it, but I, I do think it paints a better picture for me. And I know we sort of briefly talked about it with Seth Rollins last week. Um, which can be found in the archives at 
you know, mind of the meaning.com. Uh, you can also find us at patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. Um, it's, it's different because I feel like the payoff for Cody would be better with Seth Rollins. Like if they're going to run back the, the heist of the century, you know, the seven years ago when they, when, they, when, when Seth went over on Brock and Roman with the money in the bank briefcase, I feel like that's a much better story for me than, uh, you know, maybe Roman going over on Cody. Um, but then it opens up the door for, for Drew to win the belt, you know, in, in England, which I feel like is where the universal title is going, you know? So, yeah. um, I'm, I don't have any issue with Brock. I love Brock. I think farmer Brock is my favorite Brock <laughs> incarnation. And also too, I mean, I've, I've been very vocal about it as well. Um, I fucking love that the Canadian alpha male stuff with him and Sami Zayn. And now that Sami Zayn is like interlocked with the bloodline, that just means we're going to get more of it. And I just, I can't, I just can't wait for that. But um, what do you also, one more thing before we get into Ask Meanie, what do you think about yeah. Christian Cage's heel turn? <laughs> uh, dude, I loved it. Um, I always thought Christian was a better heel. Yeah. You know, uh, he's just a natural smart ass. And I mean that in the best way possible. Uh, you know, I, I challenge anybody to try to out, have an out duel of wits with uh, Christian Cage. I don't think I don't think anybody could get over on him, uh, but I loved it, you know. And uh, you know, some of that stuff had to be cleared, you know, with uh, Jungle Boy, you know, this, this stuff he said. Oh yeah, he went after his dad, didn't he? Yeah, oh, man. which you know, Jeez, I brother, dude, it's the best storylines are real life shit, you know. And people saying stuff like that, stuff. You know, I'm just gonna beat him up. I'm better than you. You know, I can't be your fucking dad, daddy figure. You know, you have a daddy that's dead. You know, fucking heavy shit. For for the so, un, for the uninitiated, uh, Jungle Boy's dad, his shoot dad, is Luke Perry, the actor from Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. Died very tragically in 2019. Um, yeah, of a stroke, wasn't it? Not sure. It was like a Not stroke sure. or a blood clot. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, he was so young to have it." I was like, "Well, what do you think? This is what happens to people." You know. Um, yeah, it was. You know, and uh, I watched the David Arquette documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, and Luke Perry was in there. And just like, I never, I was never really watching 90210, but like, you always hear how cool Luke Perry was. Yeah. And then uh, they showed David Arquette, you know, having that uh, death match. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, MDK. Oh, uh, 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 um, Nick Gage. Yeah. Uh, Arquette was having a match with Nick Gage and they nicked his neck with a light tube. Oh, and it was fucking, they showed the footage is Luke Perry's fucking rushed David Arquette to the hospital. It's like, and you know, it's like, fuck man, what a dude. Yeah. What a, you know, what a good dude, you know, to fucking, you know, rush him to, you know, to the hospital like that. And, um, yeah, that, that was heavy shit. When Christian said that on TV, I was like, Oh, that's heavy. Yeah. And even the, even the, <clears throat> the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me the um you know this you know the fans who are smart to the business uh you know we're like oh god damn <laughs> that's a little stisky brother um just, yeah it, 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 it was probably i i, I even reached out to Chris. i was like i, I dude that was that was a great fucking promo but um yeah christian is just a way better heel yeah you know and uh i look forward to you know the things he does next yeah, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to his heel turn again. I, I, I always loved the smart ass edge and Christian routine, you know, for the benefit of those with flash photography. Like that was always my favorite stuff from them. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see that we're going to get more of that. But um, here's something interesting. This is sort of a, a side note that has nothing to do with what we were talking about. But I was just pulling up about Luke Perry. He died of a stroke and he was buried in a biodegradable mushroom suit. Hmm which is like something new apparently, but I don't know. It's like an eco-friendly burial. Would you, would you do that? Uh, I, I, I want to be cremated. So yeah, I don't know if I want to, I would rather be, I think I'd rather just have my ashes scattered somewhere, you know? Yeah. I've taken up too yeah. much space. I don't know. I mean, it's a cool idea, you know, but actually I want to be put in a Folgers can and put on the, uh, the mantle. So that way, every time Courtney looks at the mantle, if she's like dating again, cause obviously she's disagreed for a certain amount of time, an appropriate amount of time before she moves on. Um, but I want to sit on the mantle so that I watch her, and that way she feels bad. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now, uh, but anyway, what's what I'm not kidding about is a question that I have for you, Blue Meanie. Yes, sir. Are you yes. ready? To, are you ready to ask Meanie? I would love to. It's time to ask Meanie anything. Ask me something. Don't forget, tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meanie using the hashtag Ask Meanie, and we will hear. We will ask them. We will hear them as I speak them. Uh, first day with my new mouth. Uh, we will ask them on the show. Mark and Dryden has a question for you. Always has great questions for the show. The Freebirds, Ivan and Nikita Koloff, the Road Warriors, all in their prime. Would any of these teams worked in ECW? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm pretty sure Road Warrior Hawk was in ECW, so for a little bit at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> we had the uh, old school Steiners in for a couple shows. You know, that worked. So I could definitely see. I, I You know what? Ivan Koloff was in the ECW for a little bit, you know, before it was extreme, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and Terry Gorey was in ECW. Right. I think uh, the Freebirds definitely would have been the fucking baby faces because Philly's such a heel town. Yeah. Um, dude, I, I was watching, uh, I was skimming through YouTube and, uh, Somebody had uh, put up a AWA show from Atlantic City in 85, which I went to. The Freebirds come out, and the fans are just fucking cheering for them. It was great. That's amazing. And, yeah, I think they were supposed to be the heels. So, you know, this all then we, we're, we're here at heel area. So, uh, yeah, th- those teams definitely would definitely would have worked in ECW because for the most part, some of those guys were in ECW in the early days. But see, I feel like now that you say the Steiners, like I feel like the Steiners would have been as tough as they were, or are rather, but as snug as they were too, from what I understand. Um, they probably like. Could you imagine a Scott Steiner or even a Rick Steiner versus Taz? That shit yeah. would have been crazy good. That shit would have been yeah, crazy uh, good. Taz, Taz, Taz was managing the Steiners. They did the thing where uh, you know Taz brought the Steiners into ECW. So oh. there's already that, that, that man, there, there's like a promo he did where, you know, he was with this, the Steiners. Yeah. So they're, they're, you know, they could have already had a built in storyline. Story yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. That, this must've been nuts, dude. <laughs> Mike Bendick wants to know, Hey, please tell us what happened with three PW in full detail. I loved going to those shows. And what were your favorite memories? Do we have enough time to go through this all? Or should we do another? Should we do a special episode on Three PW? Uh nah. Uh, three Three PW was a promotion that uh, me, Ty Gordon, and one other person uh, started, and uh, wasn't the promotion I wanted. But you know, when it when it started, it was just like, uh, all right, we're doing this now. Uh, I had a friend who was like tell me oh somebody offered me to buy their their wrestling promotion i went what he's like oh yeah uh, for a couple grand i can own this guy's uh, i was like you're gonna buy an indie promotion why don't you just start your own and uh he's like oh all right i was like yeah you, why what, what are you gonna buy what do you get you know do you get a ring do you get a tape library well, i mean what what are you actually fucking buying that you can't start on your own. So that led to the start of 3PW propane pro. It was propane pro wrestling, P R O slash pain pro wrestling. And the only fucking pain in the ass was that people were like propane, like gas. No, right no idiot. Yeah. Propane, like in, in favor of pain, like the pro con thing. And I think there's a band called propane too. So, and then, you know, you got propane pro, those, you know, three words start off with P, so three PW. And, uh, you know, in my way, I was like, well, look, if they have to do listings for promotions, we'll be at the top of the list because numbers go before letters. <laughs> you know, three yep. P. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that would always work out. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. Uh, I really don't talk about it that much because as, mu- as fun as it was, it led to a lot of my anxiety issues. <laughs> running shows and uh, seeing what a promoter goes through and dealing with talent when they're like, I don't want to do that. And you're just like, well, it's not going to work for me, brother. 
Yeah, dude. Fuck. <laughs> dude, I can't ember, I can't do a parody of Stone Cold. What if I get heat? Who cares? Gives a shit, dude. Yeah, I did Goldust, and Goldust loved it. You right. Know? Just uh, different things. A lot of different things went on that uh, I don't want to, you know, breathe oxygen back into. Uh, right. But, you know, 3PW was, for what it was, it was fun. Uh, once a month in Philly. I think we took July's off because it was just way too fucking hot in ECW arena. Even in the ECW days, it was fucking brutal. I was like, oh, man, we'll take July off. You yeah. know, and Philly's hard to promote anything. Everybody wants to go down to the fucking shore, which to me makes no sense. Is like I could get drunk at home yeah, and pay, spend a thousand dollars for a fucking a rental for the week, you know, uh, but three BW was fun. Uh, we did a lot of cool things. Uh, we got like national DVD deal and stuff like that. And that was fun. But uh, just the overall headache that came with it. The fact that it, it, it wound up almost costing me, well, 3PW, running 3PW and, you know, somebody else that was in 3PW trying to quote unquote run it uh, almost cost me a lot of friendships. Mm. You know, it almost cost me a reputation, you know, that I had to do a lot of fence building, you know, uh, re- I had to do a lot of bridge repairing and fence repairing, uh, once three PW closed and I, uh, you know, broke off from, uh, the one partner, uh, just because, you know, there's shit being done that I didn't even know about. That's and I was like, yeah, yeah. And then once, you know, people realized that. I was on the up and up on certain things that I didn't know about certain things. Then friendships started being repaired and mended and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, yeah, that was a rough patch. You know, three PW closed, the JBL thing happened and I had already the JB, been the, J, the JBL. I'm not familiar. Yeah. I'll, I'll smarten you up on another. Episode. <laughs> next week. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about, we promise guys. We'll talk about JBL next week. It's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're in the we're in the go home stretch right now. So <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah. I had to. No, no. Within a couple months, all those a bunch of fucked up shit happened to me. Where I was just like, somebody else would just fucking check the fuck out, and yeah. I'm glad I'm I I toughed through it. But uh, yeah, three PW was fun. It was cool, but you know, uh, I would never want to fucking run a show ever again on my own. Right, you know, if you want my ideas and help, you know, with your, you know, product or promotion, absolutely. I'll, I'll help with the younger kids, you know, you know, help coaching them along, guide them along. But as far as something being solely me, fuck that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Little Jimmy from Nebraska wants to know, hey, Meanie, did you enjoy getting some love on 83 weeks' is ep- 83 weeks' is episode of One Night Stand 2005? With them saying that they love you, and you're amazing, and you're great. Uh, I was very kind. Uh, I guess uh, 83 weeks was doing the one night stand uh, watch along. Uh, Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson, and they had some very uh, complimentary things to say about me, which was fucking awesome. I love Conrad. I love Eric, and uh, you know it's cool that in 2022 we're all cool with each other because. Now, when you're in the uh, era of the Monday Night War and all that stuff, and we're doing the BWO, which is you know, you know, essentially a parody of NWO, I was like, I, I, I thought for sure Eric Bischoff would have hated my guts, but uh, he said some very and look, Eric Bischoff doesn't hold back. You know, he's not one to uh, keep his feelings to himself. He's going to say what he thinks is true. So the fact that he was had some kind words to say about me, uh, meant a lot to me. Um, you know, in this wrestling business, um, do a lot of things. You work with a lot of people and there's, look, there's thousands of wrestlers out there. There's been thousands of wrestlers way before I started. There's been thousands of wrestlers since I started and there's going to be thousands of wrestlers coming out. The fact that, you know, people remember me is cool. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know what I did right or wrong, but people, you know, uh, remember me and, you know, I'm sure I've done plenty of wrong, you know, not, not intentionally, but, uh, you know, as far as mistakes and shit, you know, 
I never fucked anybody over, but uh, just it's it's cool to be thought of, you know, and uh, and, and, and a good life from uh, people who have done had such an impact on the business like Eric Bischoff. And today we you know Conrad Thompson with his his podcast empire, you know he uh, he's a great guy. They're both great guys. Andrew Bailey, aka Shackleford, wants to know: Hey, what are your thoughts on the recent Ric Flair and Jay Lethal dust up? Uh, please smarten me up. Yeah, I'm actually hopping on the Google machine right now to try to find out what's going on there. And little Jimmy from Nebraska says, "Blue Meanie is a global treasure." Yes. That is accurate, what's, sir. What's the exchange rate, though? Uh, <laughs> a crypto? Or is a, I don't know. Let me see here. I'm pulling up inside the ropes here. I'm telling you, I said to Courtney the other day, I said people don't realize how global, if you will, that the Blue Meanie is. Because if you talk to, you know, you talk to any wrestling fan, and you mention the name the Blue Meanie, they're usually popping hard because everybody loves the Blue Meanie. So, Dude, I just... I just try to treat people the way I want to be treated. And uh, I'm nice to a point. Yeah. Oh, I've had people, oh, you're too nice. People are going to just walk over. I was like, no, 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 no. Um, if I feel like I'm being disrespected, you know, I will say su- such. But until somebody gives me a reason to be an asshole, why be an asshole? Right. You know, you know, I, I, I have my... Uh, Boiling point, dude. We we uh we did a thing at my friend uh, Justin's. My friend Justin Penelope have a store out in Mays Landing, New Jersey. It's it's an awesome toy store, collectible store, and they're turning their main store into like a partial museum now because now they branched down to another location. But uh, me and Mrs. Meany went there, and uh, a whole crew of our fucking friends from high school were just hanging out, and. Uh, Tracy was talking about how I have this thing to where, you know, I'm talking to somebody and they're talking to me and like, they start going down a a road. I don't want to go down. And Justin to, you know, you know, joined in. He's like, you just watch Brian mentally check out of the conversation. (laughs) I will just like, like look, look off into space and just stop talking to the person, you know, it's just like, uh, my biggest pet peeve is if, if I'm talking to somebody, like Sam at the bar and, uh, you know, they're having a conversation I'm like trying to hop in to the conversation and they're just fucking plowing over me. I'm just like, all right. You know, or somebody's talking to me and they don't know when the fucking conversation's over that like I've given them, I've given them, about 10 soft landings. Yeah. Go, okay, and I'll see you later. You know, and then they're just like, yeah, but JB, you know, like I just, you, they, they, they say there's a, a, a thing where they just watch me mentally check out the conversation. <laughs> it's the, it's the most polite thing I could do is just check out and not say anything because yeah. if, say what I want to say, then I'm the asshole. Right. You know? Oh, Blue Meanie's a dick. They're going to go on Twitter and talk about it. Yeah. Blue Meanie's a dick. I only kept him 20 minutes longer than he wanted to be there. He was uh, taking a shit at the bathroom, and I was talking to him, and he got mad at me about it. What the fuck, man? He was standing there with all his merchandise and gear bags, and I, but I had to ask him. Right. How do you? Was, was that fight real? Well, you know, I'm sure it's just like McFoley's tired of did the did, 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 did cage hurt? Did it, when you, when you fell off the cage, did that hurt? You know, it's, it's just like, it's no wonder. It's like, no, thank you. Stop asking that, please. It's no wonder none of these guys want to do wrestling interviews. Like they don't want to do any podcasts because they all ask them the same fucking questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's just like, you know, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to be a dick, you know, but it's just like, it, it comes to a point where you just, Gotta be a dick. Yeah, you gotta be a dick. So I just found a little bit on Ric Flair here and Jay Lethal, and they were talking on to the new Conrad show, which, you know, he's got 6,000 of them, and so this is 6,001. Um, I yeah. I truly don't know when the man sleeps, uh, but he was talking to Ric Flair about Jay Lethal, and, he, and Ric Flair said, is he going to hear this if I say it? I don't care. And he's talking about Jay Lethal. He's got an attitude. 
He wants to be a part of the show. And I said, ain't going to happen. You know, that happens all of a sudden. Everybody's feelings are hurt. You know, this is what we talked about when we discussed, we discussed some people's feelings are going to be hurt. Conrad then mentions that he thinks the world of Jay. And then Rick says, I do too. I'm not saying anything bad. It's just, I don't have the authority or even though I am a co-owner, co-owner, I guess, co-owner of this venture, I don't have the authority to put him on the card. So I think he's upset about that, but he'll get over it. There's been no falling out. I just, you know, somebody I just told him like it is. So this is going to be the angle for him to work Jay at the pay-per-view. Yeah, possibly. They're probably setting it up. No, no, no. It's going to happen. Yeah. That's what I mean. They're volleying it up. That's what they're doing. They're setting it up now. Yeah. If that was the issue, he probably would wouldn't have said anything. Right. You know, and right. Why go say he has an attitude on the podcast? When he knows he's probably listening to it. Right. Yeah, right. It's going to be Jay and Rick. And and that's what they're leading to. Yeah. Now Jay will come out and say something and then Rick will retort and all right, brother, you know, brother. Well, no, it's Hogan. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, they, they're just, that's the, yeah. Tip it and cap that it's going to be Jay lethal. Yeah. Well, cause Jay's been working out with Rick. Right. And, and it makes sense. There's been that footage. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. So like, now they're, they're just, they're just building the angle. Right. You know, they're, they had to move the building to a 9,000 seat arena just on Flair's name. Yeah. I, like, why, you know, why would you? Whoever he works is going to be, it's going to be a quality opponent, but, yeah. you know, people want to see uh, Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. And the, but, yeah, this is totally leading to uh, to the buildup. That, that's, that's the starting point of the buildup. And this is the starting point of the end of this episode, Meanie. It is always a pleasure to do this show with you, sir. Where can everyone find you on social media? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie, like a uh, like a stalker or like a guy at a convention who uh, doesn't get the idea that you know the conversation ended about twenty minutes ago, and I've given you about twenty soft landings. I hope nobody follows you like a stalker, though. Let's be clear. No, 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 no. Thank well, thank God I haven't had any stalkers yet. That's a good thing. Uh, 27 years but now i probably just fucking jinxed myself uh if you want to follow the blue meaning on all forms of social media go to instagram facebook twitter and tiktok which uh, i don't know uh at blue meaning bwo uh you can follow me on all those social media platforms for uh, any updates or random musings uh if you want to support the blue meaning go to pro wrestling slash blue meaning uh, you can also go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie, get a t-shirt, or get a shoot video. Uh, kind of like their version of Cameo, which is pretty cool. Uh, if you want to support the podcast and help to keep the lights on, go to uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MindTheDemeanie. Uh, you know, well, you can go over there and buy some uh, wonderful t-shirts done by Andy Slichter. Um, you also could go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com and use coupon code MEANIE save 10 percent uh rod hicks is doing a splendid job over there uh you know they just had a you know relaunch they uh you know got under under new ocean under new ocean ownership brother i would say that real easy uh but rod is doing a great thing with the relaunch of collar and elbow brand.com use promo code meanie save 10 percent now if you have a beard and want to look and smell good Go to madcatbeardcare.com. Go get yourself some of the blue spruce. Uh, you know, they got the uh, the beard oil and the beard balm. Uh, my boy Josh Thornton is doing a really good job over there. Uh, he just sent me this really cool Mad Cat Beard Care uh, figurine. Uh, it's the Blue Meanie as if the Blue Meanie was a, a cat. And uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, he's got, he's got, you know, I uh, got my... Uh, Blue Spruce uh, oils. I got my Blue Spruce beard balm, and he sent me a really cool beard comb. Uh, now, even if you don't have a beard, uh, Mad Cat Beard Care is a, a great gift for your friends who do. So go over to madcatbeardcare.com and get yourself some of the Blue Spruce. Uh, if you would like a well wish or, you know, birthday wish, holiday wish, congratulations on anything, go to cameo.com slash blue meanie BWO. Uh, come, uh, come over there and, uh, come and knock on my door and, uh, <laughs> I'll do a message for you. Uh, yeah. Go to cameo.com slash 
Bloomini uh, BWO, and uh, I'll get that right over to you. Uh, coming up, I have a very special appearance. Uh, Legends of Hamburg at the historical Hamburg Fieldhouse, uh, July 23rd, 2022. Uh, you know, the Hamburg Fieldhouse legendary WWF or WWF did TV there. ECW did TV there. I've wrestled there and it's cool to go in, in that building and look around for things, you know, you know, Oh my God, that's where uh, Roddy Piper, you know, beat up Jimmy Snook and they ran into the, the back there, even though it's just a bathroom. Uh, go to, uh, you know, check out the convention. I'll be there. Countless names will be there. Go to legends of Get your tickets there. Come say hello to the blue guy and uh, we'll have a good time and uh, we'll uh, muse over uh, anything, any random mind of the meanie stuff. So come we'll go to legends of Hamburg.com, July 23rd, 2022. But more importantly, uh, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you? Thank you, sir. I appreciate the volley and the pass there. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram and at Twitter. At this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand pal. You can also check out my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net, picking up a shirt to support the show at prowrestlingtees.com slash foundation radio. Help me keep the lights on at the house. I do have four kids to feed. Also want to give a shout out to my friends at the 10th Ward Barbershop for this amazing shirt here and always the precision cuts that they give me. Uh, go and give Kane a call over there. Uh, Finn Balor and Corey Graves get their hair cut every time they're in town over uh, in Pittsburgh, downtown Lawrenceville in Pittsburgh. So you can go to 10th Ward Barbershop.com. That's one zero TH Ward Barbershop.com and go tell them that Goober sent you. And also, too, don't forget to check us out here, patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Sign up today. Watch us record the show ad free. See our beautiful faces, our exhausted faces today, every morning when we record every week. Pod Squad, we want to thank you so much for joining us again. As always, shout out to Josh Chernoff. Go check him out, too, by the way. Go check him out at twitter.com slash slash so says Chernoff. There's entirely too many S's and C sounds in there. But for the blue meanie. <laughs> I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the meaning. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. When you love someone, seeing them struggle with their mental health can be one of the hardest things in the world, especially when you know they need help but don't know where to turn. That's why 988 Lifeline is here. 988's trained crisis counselors are available 24-7 by phone or text to provide you with the resources and support you need to help the people you love. No one should have to struggle alone. Call or text 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline day or night. 988. Hope has a new number.